Terry and I love Renfield more than anything. And so like you have in this movie, you have the Renfield, the potential Renfield, the cast off Renfield, and then the Renfield Renfield who gets no love, the underdog Renfield. So it's a triple Renfield movie, which makes it triple Renfield. That's the name of our new band. We need like an air horn. Triple Renfield. Renfield. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the final girl. Hey everybody, so uh, we have a promotion from Arrow Video that we're really excited to share with you all. Arrow Video has a streaming service, they also do Blu-rays in the UK and the US with really, really cool cult and horror titles. So you can get 50% off your first three months on Arrow with the code HMSGARROW, all one word. If you sign up today, you can get a full 30-day free trial and then your first three months after that will be half price. So this offer is valid to brand new subscribers and can be only redeemed online at arrow-player.com terms and conditions apply. We're super, super excited to be uh, having this promotion with Arrow because they have really cool films on their site and we hope that this will be, help you find them out. Alrighty. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry, and this is Julia. And this week we are talking about 1971's Vampiros Lesbos. The title of this episode is I'm Under Her Spell. And the tagline, gotta say, this might be one of my favorite horror taglines of all time. Give a, it to me. A psychosexual horror freakout. Um, not wrong. I not wrong. Love it. Like I want it like on my tombstone. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> take note, take note, family. Please make sure uh, Julia's request is met. Okay, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, this was <laughs> written by uh, Jaime Chiavari. And uh, so this is directed by Franco Manera, a.k.a. Just Franco, a.k.a. Jesus Franco, who was a tremendous exploitation director in the 70s. He has 207 films to his credit. Can I just tell you that? Holy crap, that's prolific. Yes. And he was That's insane. So he has just been he was just cranking him out. And so this is one of those. So he was his span of films started in 1957, ended in 2013. And has just been wow. making movies that entire time. Uh, putting people to shame with those numbers. So, and uh, as that makes me feel lazy. Like that's <laughs> crazy. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, he's he had a dream and he he made it happen. And I'm sure you know he's got a lot to choose from. So, if you're interested in this movie, you can go down that rabbit hole for a long ass time. Lots uh, of hot dreams. So, this movie <laughs> is part of our uh, lesbian vampire round, which is a big subgenre in the horror scene. And this movie does what it says on the tin, right? And Pierce Lesbos, you're like, I know what I'm getting in this movie. And you do. 100%. Right, right, right off the bat. You're like, oh, we got like full frontal right off the bat. Thumbs up. That's all we That's need. how you start a movie, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what we started, I think. Yeah, the movie last week, same thing. I was just like, okay, I'm just counting on more and more uh, more boobs out, tits out. 
Yeah, well, it's like, you know, when you play, we, I used to play um, the five-minute game, right? At the, they do it with the Voyager Institute. And you watch the first five minutes of a movie and then like like 10 movies and then the audience votes which one they want to watch. And the first five minutes of a movie says a lot about a movie, to be honest. And whether yeah, you're watching set a, up, yeah, when you're watching a horror movie, and especially when we're like, are there going to be lesbians, vampires in this movie? And within like minute one, they're like, yes, there are. Here they are. Enjoy. There'll be more to come. And so it's like this beautiful, like theatrical performance at the very beginning too. It's not just any type of just like tits out. It's like artsy tits. Oh yeah, right. And they do like, a kind of cool fake out where like when it starts, you're like, oh, is this the movie? Like it's real weird and slow, and she's kind of caressing a mirror. There's a naked lady in the background, kind of mannequin esque. But then they pull out and like, oh, it's a dinner show. Like they're watching this show. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is a sexy show they went to tonight. Okay. It's like you're in some cool little cabaret scene and, you know, somewhere in Europe or something and like watching this like sexy, like little evening, like to titillate you for the evening while you're having your, you know, food and drinks and hanging out at this beautiful restaurant. And um, and last week we had yeah. the incredibly gorgeous Delphine Seyrig as the Countess Elizabeth Bathory. This week we get the incredibly gorgeous Soledad Miranda as the Countess Carity. So it goes from win to win. Um, and we also have as her uh, Renfield to be uh, Awis Stromberg from, uh, she is Linda in this movie. And you, if, if you want your blonde and blue eyed girl, you got it. If you want your dark hair, smoldering, dark eyed girl, you got that too. Something for Get everyone. Covered, base is covered. <laughs> so, I mean, this this show, I mean, right off the bat, you're getting lesbian kissing. You're getting, you know, putting on clothes, taking off clothes. Yeah, and it's not even just stuff. clothes. It's like sexy lingerie, like with like, you know, boobies cut out, like really hot, like very like beautiful lingerie. It's just this kind of like, it's almost like a magic trick, it feels like, even though it's like a striptease where she like takes off her lingerie, but then puts it on the mannequin girl. Mm -hmm. So it's like, she's like transferring the clothes and it's like, oh, that's something really hot about like, oh, they could both wear the same little sexy lingerie together. And like, it's Um, just been on her and now it's on the other girl. uh, uh And and the song is ecstasy. uh That's the only words you kind of hear like underneath the song, like, ooh, la la, ecstasy, ecstasy. You're like, oh, okay. Uh, you're already trying to get me at the beginning of this movie. All yeah. right, I see you. Sure. I see you. And the, you know she's able to move the mannequin wherever she wants. They end up kind of laying on the ground by the end of it. Uh, and it's great because when they cut to the crowd, we cut to Linda, who is there with her boyfriend Omar, and Linda's into it, like trans, she is mesmerized, fixed. hypnotized yes. by this show. Uh, and but when they cut to the the like the the crowd shot of everybody else, they all look slightly bored like nobody looks like they're into it you're like is this it's just another night out you know we need some excitement and uh, we are european and we just watch show and it's just like oh my god what do you do in istanbul in 1971 on your saturday night you go to see a lesbian vampire show honestly not mad at it you got that kind of like theater de vampire kind of french turn of the century like we're just gonna you come watch us kill people but it's art and you'll think it's art and then we get away with it and everyone's fine yeah, 100%. And so, you know, that's just another evening out. But Linda is changed. Um, and she, all of a sudden, you cut to her, like, and she's, it seems like she's in a dream or something. And she hears, like, somebody calling her mm-hmm. a, a voice. And it sounds like the voice of this lady that we saw from the night before, maybe, um, calling her and calling her. And like, oh, okay. She has been transfixed and she's actually underneath the spell maybe already. She is. She goes to her psychiatrist and tells her that tells him that she's been dreaming about this woman over and over and it's always the same dream uh, and that she reaches orgasm from it quite often. And 
the psychiatrist is just doodling like he's not really paying attention. he's not taking notes i love not that like pan to his notepad of just like yeah pictures and diagrams and stick figures and, and then and then his advice is find yourself a lover a better lover and you're like that's some advice. You've just paid like a hundred dollars for that guy to give you that advice. Uh, but but she also says that that woman that was in her dreams and then she saw her in real life. So yes. she's like, whoa, like that's, I think a really important distinction, not just that she's having dreams about this lady, but that she, the woman from her dreams is alive and she'd already seen her before she saw her in person. Right. So that's a lot. Like, and he, the fact that he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Not that's not attention. that like blows it off. I was like, mm, that seems suspect, but I get, you know, maybe you think her mind is playing tricks on her or something and that she made her that girl in her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love yeah. how uh, much this movie plays on Dracula, the story of Dracula, because we have Linda, who works for a real estate company, basically, just like Jonathan Harker, who is going out to this estate to talk about this inheritance with this big you know, estate out on an island. Uh, and it's so they have that kind of nice parallels that I enjoyed. So she's right. And going- the, oh, be- beginning, they also had the ocean yacht thing where like he always comes in on a boat like we kind of had in our last film, too. Uh-huh. You know, Daughters of Darkness as well. But it's like, OK, they've got to come in the boat and bring the plague. So like she's out on it. But it's a yacht of time, of course, because it's a groovy 70s era. So you got to have a different type of vibe. But it's still the same. All the notes exactly right of Dracula. Mm-hmm. So she uh, goes out to is going out to one of the islands off the coast of uh, Turkey to go find this countess. But when she gets to the dock or the port, she has missed the boat. So she has to stay in a real creepy hotel where there's a real creepy guy named Mehmet, who, P.S., is the director, just so you know. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. He is creepy as hell, though. Yeah, he is. (laughs) And, like... He's like, oh, you'll be fine. She's got a room set aside for you. I got the best room for you. And it's like, doesn't seem like the best room. And he's overstaying his welcome at the door. And she's just like, make sure to lock that door when he walks out of that room. Mm-hmm. And can we just go back one second, though, and just talk about how cute her baby pink outfit is before, like, she, like, when she gets the message that she's got to go out to the island. I was here for all the costumes in this movie. Me too. And that little baby pink number with her, like, she looks so sweet and innocent before she's about to get corrupted. And I love that moment of, like, Oh, but she changes when she goes out to the island and puts on something darker and a little yes. sexier. Uh-huh. Um, As you and, do um, when you're a real estate agent, you know, you go out and you put a little sexy something on. Put a uh, shorter dress on instead mm-hmm. of your sweet little pink business suit. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. So uh, Mehmet does catch her. She she wakes up from a, a nightmare and goes out to kind of go explore the hotel where well, she, she needed is. water. She wakes oh, up. Yes. There's no water on her nightstand. So it's like, Oh, cause it's not, it's like a lo- old European kind of um, hotel where there's no actual running water in the bedroom. There's not like a sink or anything. Usually there's just like a little basin and some, and like a water carafe, but the carafe is empty. So she's looking for water cause she seems parched and like she needs to get a drink of water. So mm-hmm. she's exploring, looking for that down by downstairs. Uh, where she runs into Mehmet who gives her a uh, grabs her and tells her not to go out to the Island, that madness and death rule the Island. So at this moment, I was like, oh, he's Crazy Ralph, right? You yeah, that's what of, I thought too. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. great. You just listen to him. He's Crazy Ralph. He's telling you not to go. Uh, but then he's like, oh, meet me in the wine cellar later. Uh, and when she goes down in the wine cellar later, he has tied a girl up and she is bloody and dead. And you're like, oh, no, you're not the Crazy Ralph. You're just crazy. You're just insane. Yeah. Yeah, you're not a good dude. And so it's kind of terrifying. And so she gets the hightails it up out of there. So horror movies, uh, so I have a good tip. If you run into a guy who's super creepy and he tells you to meet you in the cellar later, don't go. Just don't go. 
Yeah, but he said wine cellar, so she's thinking maybe we're going to have... Oh, no, don't go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see a reason why why you would do that. But this is a horror movie. People do weird things, including when she gets to the island and we finally meet our countess, who is rocking a little white bikini and some sunglasses like nobody's business. Sitting and, by the pool. I love a sunbathing vampire. This is great. Yes. She loves the sun. And you're like, I, you know, cause everybody plays with all the rules. That's kind of the fun things about vampire movies. Is like, what rules are they playing by? This is like sun. No problem. In fact, loves it. And immediately is like, let's go for a swim before we do this business stuff. And she's like, okay. And they just go down and like, let's go skinny dipping. And I'm like, well, this is a different way to do business. I like, and they're like it. Either like in a, like a little inlet or something. She's like, no one's watching, but of course. There's definitely somebody watching, as always, when you get naked in the middle of nowhere. Um, there's always somebody watching. Um, and uh, this gentleman, you can see, he can see them. And they have this beautiful time just frolicking by the little, like, little lakeside little beach. And we get full, you know, full nudity. They're just sunbathing, all, all sandy and, and sun drenched and gorgeous. Yeah, and having a beautiful day. And then they get back to the house and she's loaned her some clothes, which I love. And she's like, oh, no, you look good in that suit. So she gives her, gives Linda this like white suit to wear. And um, the Countess was wearing this black lace, like kind of Teddy number. And it's just like, whoa. Um, this is the, see, these are the, these are the worlds I want to live in, Terry. Like I want to live in a world like this is a normal, this is normal. This is how you do business. You just get a dipping first and then you like borrow some clothes from your hot hostess and then have some food and talk about business. That seems like the way to do it. Everyone's happy. Uh, so we find out that this countess is actually related to Count Dracula and he left everything in his will to her. He says she is the woman who made his life worth living. You're like, well, this is cool because normally when you either go full Dracula where you like you are doing a Dracula story or you shy away from that. And they never really cross over where you're just like, I'm just mentioning it. It's not really part of this story, but I'm bringing it in. I think that's neat. Yeah, no, I, I love, I love that little moment too. And so it's like, Linda's like, Oh, I'm dealing with a very strange kind of estate. Cause that's what they were, why she was going out there anyway, because they were like, it's a very different kind of inheritance. We just want to make sure everything's, you know, above board, so to speak. Um, but she gives Linda something to drink and then, Linda, all of a sudden, it's like this red wine, but it doesn't seem like just red wine. Like maybe there might be some a blood in it. Uh -huh. Maybe I don't know. Um, and she seems like she gets drugged and she passes the f out. Um, oh, after and we, mm -hmm. shout out to her to uh, Countess's Renfield Morpho, who is uh, a little bit terrifying, but is clearly the one who was watching earlier. Yeah, while they were skinny dipping, say anything. Does he say anything in this movie? I don't think so. I don't know if he, if he has a, he maybe have a line, but he doesn't, I don't think he talks. Uh, and he's just this strong. So, you know. Strong, silent type in the strong back. Strong, silent type. So, I mean, this movie is obviously like she's looking for her Renfield, right? Like she's, she's bringing Linda mm -hmm. in to be her Renfield. But she also has the like even more Renfield Renfield, who is Morpho, who gets absolutely no love at all. And is just being ordered around and like, let's talk about that. I didn't know there could be a, a more Renfield Renfield. But there is. Yeah. Oh, he's out there and he's he's the strong silent type and he carries and puts Linda to bed. Um yeah. And then we have like these like montages of like animals, like moth, a scorpion, like they keep cutting to these like different things that are like bellwethers. And then there's these dogs, I think, too. And I was like, Oh, are the hounds of hell around? I was like, Okay. <laughs> All these like little Dracula, I'm looking for the signs. I, I um, really like the the art mm -hmm. the art house feel of this movie. And I really like the cinematography and and some of it. 
is kind of out of focus and like not perfect. And I, I kind of like that about it. I'm like, okay, they, they didn't get the shot right, but this is the shot they had and they used it and we're fine. And like, well, I thought it was just on. to disorient you. Like I thought it was just to have that, like we're like Linda's like in this like, you know, kaleidoscope now of mm. like of things. And so it's like if she was paying more attention to all these little things, but she doesn't know how to connect the dots to all these things. So we're getting them drawn for us through the editing, you know, of, of it, of like, ooh, these things are all off kilter. Um, and she's got blood in her lips and Linda's top is open. And then now we get some slow, hot, dreamlike kisses. Yeah. Yes. We get some, some Countess Linda sexy time uh, right before the bite. Uh, is it the lover she wanted that she was dreaming of? Mm. It looks like it was like, you know, they have this like tete-a-tete where they're just like squaring off with each other. And then, yeah. Well, Linda's interesting because she really does look hypnotized through most of this movie like she really feels like she's really not there she's under somebody's spell so she does it well but it makes her hard to kind of be sympathetic towards her as a character because she's like i you're just you're just blank like you got nothing going on but that's kind of what she what her deal is and like everybody comments on it right her boyfriend's like what's wrong with you you seem weird and she's uh completely under the spell um Mm -hmm. and we uh we cut to uh so the the previous renfield Agra, Agra, who has Aww. been cast aside and is now in the mental institution run by, of course, Dr. Seward. Uh, so you have the, you know, this is, you know, Terry and I love Renfield more than anything. And so like you have in this movie, you have the Renfield, the potential Renfield, the cast off Renfield, and then the Renfield Renfield who gets no love, the underdog Renfield. So it's a triple Renfield movie, which makes it triple Renfield. That's the name of our new band. We need like an air horn. Triple Renfield. Triple Renfield. We salute you. So yeah, so she's in the asylum and she is not doing well. And she's talking and saying that the Countess is nearby and she's coming back because she can feel her because she still has this connection to her. She references talking, her as the queen of the night. Mm-hmm, my friend, she's the queen of the night. And um, Linda wakes up in a facility as well. And, it reals, and she realizes she's in a clinic too. And it's like, uh-oh, is yeah. she going to be okay? Is she like, like, was this like foreshadowing of like what could happen to her looking at Agra? Looks like, like it. Mm-hmm. And then Omar comes to visit. He's like, I've been looking for my girlfriend. I think you all have her here. Like there's a lady who was lost. Like, I think that's who it is. And her memory is gone. She can't remember anything. She remembers the, taking the boat ride out to the island and then everything else is blank. Uh, shout out, by the way, to the incredibly awesome wallpaper in this asylum. Please pay attention to it when you watch because it's fantastic. Uh, and so they he takes her home, basically, and is trying to like, mend things back together and trying to make her okay but she's you know she seems to remember everything else about her life although she doesn't remember first her name or anything but then seems to be like slowly getting things back yeah the little pieces and then she's like i want to go on vacation and forget about this but Mm -hmm. i don't know if vacation is going to fix what's going on right now because it's i think it's bigger than that uh, we get a really nice amount of backstory from the countess here um i really like that we get this backstory i think it's it makes her a very a more layered character. And we find out that Dracula saved her by, from being attacked by soldiers and killed them and said that I, he says, I will take all of your suffering away. So basically took her back and was drinking her for a really long time and realized like he couldn't drink anymore. She was going to die. So decided to initiate her into the vampire circle. So she said that she, uh, men discussed her since that, that first attack. And now uh, she likes to take over women's identities and become them. Uh, which is a which is a a 
a part of vampirism that you don't ever really talk about. But I think that's very interesting because you are, you, you know, when you are, when you have someone under your spell, their spell, obviously you're kind of in their head. So you know what they're feeling. And so you do actually become somebody else for a little while, like you and yourself at the same time, which I never really thought about until this moment. And I like that. Thank you, Vampirist yeah, Lesbos. Yeah, she's taking out that identity. And it's an interesting construct that they set it up as like, it was like one, two, three, like psychology kind of keeps coming through in this film of like getting into in the, into the psycho- psychological aspect of it. So she's laying down, telling this to Morpho, her Redfield, like it's her therapist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Though, like as she's like giving us this like exposition through this moment. So um very cool. And also just the motivation makes sense too. like these guys that, you know, had almost basically tried to rape her and like her, you know, taking her power back and being like, I'm shall now not even deal with men if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. So Morpho knows to keep quiet because that's the only way he's going to get to stay around, I think, too. Yeah. You have um, the, you, imagine having your rent filled and be like, oh, another thing. Just don't talk. Just yeah. don't, don't talk ever. I don't want to hear you. You're just my sounding board. <sighs> So Linda and Omar try to hook up and but uh, the countess is in her like can actually see them and like it gets like kind of looks like she's like in a jealous rage like as this is going on and because she wants to control her and doesn't want Omar near her. So now the games really begin. So Nadine Nadine calls to the countess calls to Linda uh, to come back. Um, And so she does. uh, They share a monster glass of blood. Uh, and immediately she's like, you're one of us now. And I'm like, this, is that it? You just need to drink some, some blood. Okay, cool. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, and we have some, uh, some more sexy time. Yeah. And then, but we also get a cut to Agra who's in the facility, like also looking like she's pleasuring herself for a moment too, while she's like, feels like she's part of that moment too. And she's got this weird puppet that looks like a penis. Yeah. It's this like clown doll looks kind of like a chess piece almost, but like a clown doll head on top that looks like yeah it could be used for nefarious things looks like a phallus like as well for sure right like i'm not okay yeah so you know it's interesting that even though she is the cast offering for she does still have this connection and can feel it but these feelings are torturing her because it's not towards her it's towards this new person that she knows is coming to replace her and I just thought it was funny because there's so many things I felt like uh, Jules, because it was like weird organ music happening, which mm-hmm. is like, I know one of your jams, yes. like hot ladies. I was like, no wonder Julia picked this one as well for this round. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's great. I was like, this is like all the things um, in just a moment of like beautiful kisses and uh-huh. organ music and hot costumes. And what a moment. I think that there's a, you know, a lot of this kind of exploitation genre, you have titles like this that don't live up to their titles. And I feel like this one 100% does. Like, if you want, this one les- goes beyond it. Yeah. If you want lesbian vampires, watch this movie because this is a lot of this film. It gives you yeah. a lot of skin. So, shout out for that, of course. So we kind of now Omar is back in the asylum, uh, in the waiting room, not in a in one of the rooms, talking to Doctor Seward and his assistant. And but he looks weird, and now he has like he marks blood on, too. He's lost mm-hmm. blood. He has marks on his neck. So something's been going on, but we find out, of course, that Dr. Seward is an expert on vampires yep. uh, and tells us the rules for this universe, which is different yep. from a lot of them. Always appreciated when they go out of, out of bounds. So in this world, if you kill a vampire, the body will turn into nothing. And the, you, the, 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 the brain must have received a deadly blow. You have to split the head with an axe or pierce it. And that way you will kill it. I was like, okay, I've never heard. I've seen bodies disappear before i've never right. heard the like destroy the brain that's more of a zombie thing but i'm for not sure. i'm if you want to go for this route that's fine kind of cool your own yeah. thing. 
And he's like, the spirits of the night have chosen Linda. So we've got to, you know, this is a big battle that we're going to have to deal with. Yeah. Uh, so. So um, now Omar and Agra have a conversation. So you have like them. She, he's trying to figure out what's going on because he knows she's warning. Happened. Yeah. And she's warning him like, uh, like she's, you know, taking control and it's not going to be great. Yeah. Um, and, and then Omar's like, well, I'm just going to go back to the uh, stage show. Check out that show one more time. See what's happening over there with this lady. Uh, so we get the stage show a second time and more of like an extent you get some of the same but also like extended version yeah and the intro i was like okay we didn't see at the beginning of the movie was like a crazy dude dressed like he's like in like a havana musical with bongos and then a guy with cellos like the the, the weirdness got like got ratcheted even more for the second round of this show totally and then watch the bongo player because a he's not touching the bongo with his hands and b it's like not on any sort of beat that the music's doing so they were clearly not playing music during that scene they were just like go but don't actually hit the bongo because it'll be too loud on the on the on the microphone so just pretend to hit the bongo Yeah, and the guy over by the cello not playing the cello either for no. sure. So it's it's uh it's it's pretty funny. But this is when um, we find out like it really is a theater of the vampires because she really does bite and kill this girl on stage and everyone says, Yay! That was great. Because they had no idea. And then the clock strikes midnight at the clinic and all of a sudden it's like things just get even more kind of harried at this moment. Um they uh the doctor and is this one the doctor and omar try to go to the castle now too right yes so they're trying to find the countess but the countess is actually at the asylum who has come for linda and uh the the dr seward sees her and is like oh you're a vampire great please turn me i really want to be a vampire can you please turn me and she's like no like no no but please i want to be a vampire and he's like no no i'm gonna kill you now because no uh no um, but happens but she's not going to kill him. With the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's not going to kill him. Uh, Morpho, come on over. You do it. She doesn't handle want my to. dirty work, please. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, nice. that's what uh, he's there for. And that's kind of sad, you you know, to have this person begging to be a vampire, and you're just like, no. Yeah, and then we also get a standoff now too with creepy guy from the beginning. Yes. Uh, uh, our the director of the film. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry, the countess isn't at the uh, asylum for Linda. She's at the asylum for Agar because Linda has been tied up. Uh, just back in the basement with Mehmet. I don't know how this happened, but here she is in this terrible situation uh, and now knows what's going to happen to her. And he's so fucking into it and just talking about what he's going to do to her and how much pain she's going to be in, how much he and loves how it. she's going to be aroused by it and she'll be in love with him by the end, which is just disgusting. Yeah. He says some uh, incredibly, incredibly creepy things. Uh, in death, you'll kiss me, things like that. He has this hacksaw that he's going to use to cut her up and uh you now it's it's this weird like you don't expect you don't need the second villain in this movie really you just but i like that you have this kind of weirdo dude that doesn't really have anything to do with vampires it's just a sicko who kills women but he's just yeah he's just taking advantage i think of the wake of bodies that are near you know this woman kind mm-hmm. of a thing i feel like as well um i feel like we've got a little bit of that with like the last film too of like the other like seemingly other murders maybe that were not they could have been connected they might yes. not have been like there's like that like thing of like other people will take advantage of that of sure. that situation but this is also a little bit of revenge against the countess of because you know she has people coming out to see her and he's kind of stopping stop gapping them before they get there because we find out that Agra was actually his wife and she went out to go to see the countess and came back crazy so now he's got this vendetta against the countess and kind of wants to uh get off her thing so she uh ends up uh 
kind of sweet talking him into taking off the ropes. And then when she does, she uses the hacksaw to cut off his head. Uh, yeah. So good job, Linda. She good. kills him good. I really was really proud of her in that moment too. I was like, yeah, get out of there from that creeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we've got like this chase off back at the castle too with, um, with everybody. Um, Omar and the assistant are there mm-hmm. that um, Melnick, his assistant, but of course Morpho is also there. So they have a kind of shootout there. Uh, and then, Linda is at the Nadine's house and Nadine says that she has come for her. So now we're going to get our coup de gras of what's going to happen. Uh, but they, but Nadine's kind of looks unwell. And she's saying that this is the, the end, end for her, for her, yeah. which I'm not clear on what happened here on why she is now suddenly dying. Uh, but, or she just knows what's going to happen, which is going to happen is that Linda is going to bite her and kill her. So yeah. That, and not only bites her, but then takes out. And, and I did have a question. I assume by this point, Linda is already a vampire, right? She's been yes. bitten. So yeah. can vampires drink other vampires' blood? I thought that was a no-no. In this, they can. In this, they I, can. I think you can for health, I guess. I feel like we had, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. There's I don't know. so many. Okay, well, but in this, it, in this you can. And this you can, and also beautifully shot with this chandelier. I just have to give a shout out to like the art direction in this too. That chandelier that looks like it's blood dripping, but yeah. it's just like um, tassels and like red like rope basically. Yeah. Is that she walks past to get into this bedroom to go do this kill? Stunning little foreshadow moment. I think it's really nice. So Linda Handley has I don't know what exactly it is. It's like a hat pin, but industrial like really thick. Yeah, it looks like a really long, thick nail slash hat pin, like some sort of long, crazy looking implement. That she Uh, uses to stab the countess in the eye to kill her since something has to go into the brain. And uh, just at that moment, Morpho comes rushing rushing in and finds her. It's too late. She's dead. Uh, But kisses her, kisses her dead mouth, uh, and then takes the, the thing out of her eye and stabs himself in the heart. And kills himself. Yep. The most Renfield Renfield. Look at him sacrificing himself for the master even at the end. He has nothing else to live for now that she's gone. That's my it. heart my heart goes out to Morpho. Oh, what a sad character in this movie. Uh, and their bodies do disappear, as we said uh, that they would in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And Omar sees a dead scorpion. Basically, it's like the bellwether like for the movie. I think they kept cutting to it and her the whole time. He runs into the house to find Linda and um, Dr. Steiner and and Omar find her kind of fully twanged at this point. Oh yeah. She's she not okay. Yeah. And it, she's like, it wasn't a dream for as long as I live. Like, yes, uh, she said that the pain will fade in time, but the memory will remain as long as I live. So she's going to have that haunting her forever. So she's a, a broken final girl, but shout out to Omar for being there and helping her and trying to save her through this whole thing. He seems like a, a very faithful gentleman to her. Yeah. He was sweet. He was a sweet, sweet little cutie um yeah so so i you know this is cool then we have you know even though linda is now a vampire she also seems like she's a twanged vampire so i don't know where you go from there um and we know that she did bite omar so i don't know if he's also a vampire by this point there's no real indication either way but i kind of like if they're like vampire couple now on the run going to do adventures together that's kind of cool 
We'll see how it goes. I would I would be very worried for both of them because they both look like they were not in the best shape at that point. But I think so. I think any vampire right after you've turned, you're going to be a mess for a while, right? Because your body yeah, until you figure out, yeah, just, you don't know really what the rules are or how you're doing, and like especially if you've gone through it in this traumatic way, because we can imagine also uh, the Countess after her tra- tra- transformation, which was very traumatic, right after this attack and everything. It's not going to be this like sexy romantic thing. You just your body is dead and then has to come back to life and this whole thing so i think you would but you have all the time in the world to get over it right like give them a hundred years and they're totally fine. right it's not all twilight you guys okay so <laughs> even twilight is pretty yeah. fucking traumatic let's be honest it There's is some, it some is horrible things that happen in that series and i love it Absolutely. and i'm not afraid to say it so judge me same as girl you will. same girl we love we love a little vampire sexy we're we we're the demographic for that yeah, shit for I sure know. Team Edward. Uh, so, th- I, you know, for me, if you want a artsy 70s lesbian vampire movie, you couldn't really go wrong with this one. It uh, hits all the notes for everyone. So the gore factor, one, enough, one is not enough blood to fill the Dixie cup, two, a puddle of blood, three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer, four, a bathtub of blood, and five is run for the barf bag. And we give uh, Vampiros Lesbos a two- a puddle of blood. It's not a terribly gory movie, and you know most of the blood is quite artistic and pretty. So it, you know it's on pretty ladies. Things you get like that, that tied up girl. And that's then, not pretty. That's not pretty. But other than that, but then he, also the eye impale is kind of gross. But yeah. other than that, that's that's about it as far as the gore and a couple little necky bites. You know, as you do with, as the vampires do. Mm-hmm. Uh, chainsaws. One of your desperate. Two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three seen worse, seen better. Four not too shabby. Five fantastical. I give vampires love suppose a four. I love it. Um, not too shabby at all. Beautiful, beautifully shot. Fun, cool art direction. Um, sexy ladies from the beginning to end. Uh, if you want to watch some sexy ladies with doing some sweet kisses uh, and some cool lingerie to lingerie action, mm-hmm. highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I give it a four and a half. I think it's really cool. I think it does what it says it's going to do. And I, I ain't mad at that at all. Question for you, though. How do you survive a movie like this? You know, if you I was wondering the same thing. I do not know. If you're if you're under somebody's spell like that, there doesn't seem to be a way to break it. If there's somebody, you got to find a way. Yeah, you got to find a way to get out of it somehow, or like not be underneath the spell. So I guess uh, do some homework, maybe do some research, Mm -hmm. which she doesn't really ever get to do. She gets some exposition and some information, but she doesn't really get the information about like what do you do to break the spell. And I think it seems really hard because Agra is still clearly underneath yes. that spell for hard, right. you know, and it's even out. her mad and she's connected to her after all this time. And if she's, you know, still in her head as well, like how many people's heads is the Countess in? It seems to be quite a bit. And that's just kind of the thing. So I don't Nadine know. Nadine gets around. Yeah, yeah. She's in all them heads. That's a, that's a hard one. I'll have to think about that if you, you know, unless there's some sort of guru you can go to who knows about these things i mean dr seward seems to be the one who would be helpful because he knows the most about vampires but he does he seems to have like the book the book smarts but not the street smarts as far as vampires exactly and he also still really wants to be a vampire so he's still got that kind of like thing about him where it's like "Mm, you are more enamored by this than actually wanting to help people through this right very true but he's got like it's it's too romanticized i mean I i would do it in a heartbeat no problem. I just don't want to drink all the blood all the time. I, I mean, feel like I don't. I mean, that's like the downside. But I feel like I could get around that. We could find a blood bank or some sort of thing to do it. You know, animals, Twilight style. Let's, you know, we could do it. Right. So uh, next week, I'm very excited to talk about a movie that doesn't get talked about almost ever. Uh, directed by the incredible Roger Vadim. We have Blood and Roses from 1960. 
Uh, Hell yeah. So, so you it looks gorgeous. So I can't wait to watch it. Yes. Yeah. So this is uh, this is one that I'm excited to talk to you all about. Also, do please find us. We are online on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We also have a Patreon. We have a Teespring. We love to talk to you. We always love uh, listener suggestions. So if you have any movies you would like us to talk about, please let us know. We have an entire list of movies you recommended, and we look at it when we program. So please do that. Have a wonderful week. We love talking to you. We hope you listen like listening to us chat about vampiros lesbos and we hope you will join us for more lesbian vampires next week yes with blood and roses give us more 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 i need it <laughs>